Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey. And Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Manu. Hello, everybody. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm for clumped from the start. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. It is Wednesday, May 20th, 2020. It is 2020. 2020. <laughs> 2020. 2020. I'm down. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, <laughs> 2020. 
I don't know why that just reminded me of that. Our quote of the day, the world needs strong women, women who will lift and build others, who will love and be loved, women who live bravely, both tender and fierce, women of indomitable will, Amy Tenney. How fitting, Jeff Graham, that you picked that quote for today, because we have the lovely Bella twins, Nikki and Brie Bella. You know them from... Uh, the WWE, you know them as uh, Diva Champions, um, you know them from Total Bellas and um, everything WWE they have had their hand on. And they wrote an incredible book called Incomparable. And I started reading it last night and couldn't put it down. And um, we're going to be chatting about a lot of things. I mean, they definitely, you know, it's a memoir. So they you know, gave us an in-depth look at their life and how they were raised and the trials and triumphs and all of that. I was really fascinated. And I was really kind of fascinated by a lot of kind of um, similarities in our stories in a sense. So I think we're going to have a really great chat. And of course, um, you know, oh, boo, my husband keeps calling me. I keep hitting ignore. I don't think he's getting the hint. Um, but I have my iPad out because I was highlighting in the book. I don't know if you guys use digital books or hard books. I really like hard books because I like to highlight with my you know, my highlighter and fold the page. And you ruin the books. I like to ruin the books. But, um, you know, this is such a better way to do it and have it digitally. I mean, I have so many books that are coming out of my ears in the house. I don't know what to do with them all. I need like a full-on library. But um, but I still can't get used to this. This isn't as – it's just not the same for me. Yeah, I like reading online. I like having the uh, – You like the digital. The computer just in front of me or, and scrolling or having my smartphone be able to scroll – I need to buy a Kindle because I hear those are like better for oh, your eyes. I have one. You can have mine. Yeah. Yeah. Those are cool. Thank you. Just remind me. But the paper ones are I've great. I've been waiting to find it a good home. I'm so excited. But I've never been able to be one to like sit down and read a book. I'm always multitasking. I don't think there's a time in the day where I'm like not doing three or four things at once. So like if I'm exporting a video, I can go to another page and like read a paragraph or like mm-hmm. read a page and then, okay, it's done exporting. Time to do the next thing. Yeah. So I can't do that with a paper book because then you're dealing with... And then dust sleeves. What's up with dust sleeves? The most annoying thing What's ever. What's a dust sleeve? You know when you get the hardcover book and oh. it has that like thing? It's like, it just gets in the way. Yeah. Wait, so the Kindle, you know what's funny is the cool thing about Kindles is you can read it outside and the sun doesn't affect and it's so light and little. Like my best friend Alyssa, she uses her Kindle. But I've already bought all my books on my iPad. I'm too cheap to try to buy them again and use them on the Kindle. Isn't it? It's not like a subscription service that all the books are across platform. No, you're buying, buying them in iBooks. There's no way that's going to work on Kindle. Kindles and Amazon. Oh well. Oh shit! You might not get your Kindle. You screwed up, Stephen. You were about to get a Kindle. Now I understand that they're Amazon purchases, not like iBook purchases. So now I'm going to transfer my shit over. I'm going to leave that by the pool. So when I want to read, oh, I'm winning. I mean, listen, I don't want eighty thousand devices, and so so I I'll feel take like, your iPad. Thank you. Yeah, right. This is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Um, the new iPad, I cannot say enough good things about. It's pretty cool. I mean, I bought it because mine was missing for months and I was too cheap to buy another one, as you know. 
and I, I, I couldn't find the freaking iPad and it had died. So it wouldn't tell me where it was. And, um, and it was dying a lot and whatever. And then I finally bit the bullet. I went, it was so expensive. I was so throwing up in my mouth and I, I set it up. I got all excited. And then I saw how incredibly like updated it was, especially like the new good notes, which is what I use to kind of keep my whole world digitally organized, like my file cabinet in the sky, not like a Dropbox. It's different. Um, so I use that as like digital notebooks for everything in my life. So I have like, you know, my AfterBuzz notebook or my Better Together notebook, and then all my notes go in those folders. So everything is seamless. But um, did you do the walkthrough where they show you all the shortcuts and things like that? No, I just went in, I bought it, and then I left. And then I came home and I think it was like the next day I had a moment where I'm like, it's under the seat in the Jeep. (laughs) (laughs) And I had checked under the seat in the Jeep maybe 50 freaking times, but it had lodged itself in a weird place that only after I spent almost $2,000 on all the accoutrements and the iPad and all the shit that I found it. And so I was very upset. However, I was so in love with the new one that I couldn't. You're going to be way more in love with it once you start. I'll have to send you a video of like the shortcuts because you can have like half the screen one thing, half the screen another yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't know how to use all that. I, it's it's like life changing when you can yeah. be searching online and taking notes in the left side of the screen. And then like if you get the stylus. The the pressure. I have it. I love the style. The pressure on any of the drawing or painting apps, like you could do like some painting meditation or you get like a glass of wine and try to like follow along on a YouTube video. Yeah. It's like so pressure consistent that you can like really do great art. It's great. I bought the keyboard too. And though I don't love using it, like I've realized I don't use my laptop anymore. My laptop's just mm-hmm. sitting in a drawer. Also, where's our Steve Jobs money for saying all this stuff on the show? Because, yeah. like, yeah. they officially owe us, like, 10 mil, right? Yeah. I think for me, the biggest thing is with things like this is... When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. And the iPad is, has never performed well, like at the la- this generation with the stylus, I guess. Um, and it's because no one knows how to sell it. And I definitely know how to sell this thing because it's changed my life. But anyhow, back to the fact that you're not getting a Kindle anymore. I'm very excited (laughs) (laughs) that I know how to use this. Um, I highlighted so many things in here. Um, and it was really, um, it was really cool. I just, I got into bed early. I like took a bath. I got in the 
you know, Epsom salt and had a little bath moment. And then I conditioned my hair. I did a face mask. I did like a little like pampering and got into bed and started reading. And I just couldn't put it down. Like it was really, really good. Um, Love a memoir. Celebrity memoirs are so interesting, you know, just because even as someone who works in the entertainment industry, on-camera talent through the ups and downs, it will always be interesting. We had Colton Underwood on three weeks ago, and I loved reading his memoir. I I also couldn't put it down. I think what's so cool, especially about these girls, first of all, I love them. Um, They're just good girls, and Kevin loves them. And so what I love about them is they even wrote about the things that they're so embarrassed about, like things they didn't have to include that they were mortified by like their choice or that moment. They didn't have to include some of those things and they did. And it's so cool. Like as we talk about on this show, like owning all parts of you, the good and the bad, the shadow work and all of that, it really is hard to, to do, right. It's like something you aim to do, but they really did it. And I think, you know, it's um, it's a credit to them, and obviously their show is successful for a reason. Um, and so, I mean, I have so much I want to talk to them about. And, of course, we got the terrible news about Chad Gaspard this morning. They um, they found his body in Venice Beach. I don't know if you knew that. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and his last wishes to the lifeguard was to find his son. I don't know how it all happened, to be honest, because the fact that he interacted with the lifeguard, I don't know if he went back out there to try to save his son, and that's why, you know, he ultimately didn't survive, you know, because he got, you know, taken away. I I don't know exactly. Um, I just know that we had met him. He was a really, really lovely man, and it's just awful when you have tragedies like that. So, um, I found that in general, WWE talent is really wonderful. Mm-hmm. I don't want to overgeneralize, but it's funny. I came into After Buzz in this world of WWE knowing nothing, you know, because it's, I kind of feel like with wrestling and that whole world, you're either pretty in it or you're not. Mm-hmm. And the more I've gotten immersed, the more I've just come to love what it is, what it stands for, and who's involved. It's a really cool community of open, kind people. I always say that. Like, they are the yeah. kindest. Um, loveliest, hardest working people, period, end of story. Um, so I got introduced to it by like Ryan Katz. Mm-hmm. So back when I started at After Buzz, I had I'm from North Carolina and I never really got into WWE, which wow. is crazy because like one of my best friends is like diehard. And coming out here and working with the WWE After Show at After Buzz. Their energies just was like so infectious. So it was like kind of like, okay, I kind of want to know what the deal is. Yeah. And it's so cool. Like it's just the more you dive in, you're like, this is amazing that this exists. Yeah. So fun. Um, well, why don't we get the girls on and, and get to it um, and get chatting? This isn't working. Yes, I, you know, the Bellas are, uh, they're legends, you know, and uh, we have them here today, which is so exciting. Hi, girls. Hello, Maria. Yes, sorry. How, how are you? Good, thank good. you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. You both look beautiful, like little angels. <laughs> <laughs> you look amazing, too. Thanks. Oh, um, I tried to dress up for you guys this morning, and <laughs> I went outside. Like what? I love that 
Thank you. So it's like a like a loose like little blazery kind of top, but like I I was wearing a white tank top, and I'm like, oh, I should kind of spruce up. So I threw this on. I went outside with my coconut yogurt breakfast, my coffee, and my like um, my stuff to kind of prep for this morning, and you know, get my breakfast in. And then I realized as I sat down, the dogs had pooped everywhere. So I had to go clean all the poop so that I could sit out there so that the flies didn't get me and the scent of the poop didn't get me. So as I was putting the the poop thing, the poop scoopers down, and I opened up my like arms, I split the back of the jacket. <laughs> I have like a hole back here. What? It looks vintage. Is it vintage? No. Um, I forget the company. Let me see. Super cute. Yeah, it's very boho. Um, shit. Hold on. There we go. Making you undress. Hail Bob. Oh, that's oh, a great love. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I've been like waiting for the moment, I guess, to wear it. And most of the time I'm in my sweats and stuff just being comfy. Like I'm sure you girls are in quarantine. How have you, how have Isn't you. It hard to, like get ready now? Isn't it hard to get ready? Yeah. I mean, I've been forcing myself to kind of do a little bit more in the beginning. I was really just you know, honoring my sweat game and being chill. But now I'm kind of like, I want to try a little. Yeah, I agree. I feel you. It makes you feel better right? mentally. I'm yeah. still trying to nail the cat eye game. That one's still hard on me. <laughs> you watch more YouTube videos. Have you found yourselves doing things that you like that, like going down the rabbit holes of trying to learn certain things you never would have had time to learn? Oh, for sure. I, I wish I actually would be doing it more. I had this plan to learn so many things, but we've been so busy with media promotion or just our companies that towards the end of the day, I'm like, I'm so spent that I don't even want to read a pregnancy book. It makes me feel so guilty. Well, I have a toddler, so even when I'm spent, I have to keep going. But that thing is figuring out toddler games that are educational or just yeah. all these different things. Cause Brian and I aren't really big on TV. I let her watch a show after a nap time. So the whole morning's geared to her, like just using her mind and being creative, but oof, that's yeah. exhausting. And also like just cooking. I, I don't yeah. want to be always boring with birds. So learning cooking stuff. Well, we have a chef but, now. So yeah, chef like Artem's Artem. fully taken advantage of quarantine. He's become a gourmet chef. He's a builder. Yeah. Like I envy what he learns every day. I'm like, I would, I wish I had that time or that mind space to do it. And biking. He's like, oh, a yeah, cyclist now. It's like crazy. the next Lance Armstrong. Wait, uh-huh. these are all new things he took up in quarantine? Yes. yes. He's always and- done a little bit of building and cooking, but not as much as now. But cycling has been a brand new thing. It's, I mean, he, he used to never wake up before me. He literally wakes up before me before it gets super hot here in Phoenix and does 30 to 40 miles in the morning. Right. Like he's like a cyclist. It's crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So what is something new that you guys have picked up than yourselves? Um, I feel like, um, you know, I was always big into meditation and like crystals loved it, but I never really dug deep into it all. And now it's like, I feel like I'm a crystal Order. I get all these crystals yeah. now for every room. You'll walk in and you'll like see me laying there with like crystals all over my body, just knowing the energy I want during that day. So I feel like I've kind of gone into that world and yeah. like essential oils. We became really totally. big. In. That's like essential oils. I feel like maybe what I've done the most, like with diffusers on my skin, putting in cooking and your water. 
all the benefits. Gosh, I feel like that's it, which is kind of sad. Well, I was always on my New Year's resolution list. It was more self-care, which I've taken advantage of. Like allowing myself to take a bath and don't feel bad about it. Like mm-hmm. allow yourself an hour when Birdie's napping to just enjoy a bath and think about nothing. Yeah. Quarantine for me, it's been more, instead of learning something new, it's been more enlightening to me where I've realized where I want to go in my life from here on out, like the people in it or the companies that I'm involved with. Like I realized that I was giving my energy to too many things. And now being in quarantine, I realized that when I'm out of it, like I'm going to do less, whether it's walking away from certain projects or not having certain people in my life. Like I just realized that I want to be careful with where I spend my energy and the people that I'm around and do they share my same values? We've definitely enjoyed, which I've always begged her to enjoy this because it was always hard because she was always the one pushing me to like, just there's so many hours in a day, use them all. But the slow mornings, like enjoying your breakfast and your coffee. You know, that's the one thing we've truly appreciated in quarantine. I love that. I guess, you know, Nikki, how did you get to that conclusion where you're like, you know what, I need to trim, trim some of this fat? Well, I think like, you know, in being in quarantine, your eyes are opened when, um, people, you know, are losing jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, when your companies are on the verge of like, are we making it or do we close our doors? And also just so unsure about where the world is going. And I, how I would spend my energy and stay busy was I was never at home and now I am at home. And I think I've just realized in these moments when things have gotten quieter, how like, much better I feel and how I like this feeling. And then it was like, when you, when you're in need, and I think also being pregnant, like the people that are reaching out to you or the people that just truly care about certain things. I think you start to weed out like, wow, this, these people didn't care. And these people care, or these people are giving me a tough time, but not even thinking in the moment of like, what's going on in the world. And you just, it was weird. I just started to realize like, Oh, I don't like this. Like it just was making me feel weird. Like my body was telling me something. My intuition was making me like, Hey, this doesn't feel good. And so I felt like I started to tell Brie like, Whoa, I've for the past 13 years, I've moved way too fast. Like I've never stopped to smell the roses, you know, of what people say. Yeah. And the biggest thing that we were, we've been talking about, like, I feel like everyone who's with someone in quarantine, you have these deep conversations over coffee and um, especially in the beginning we did. Remember you, Artem and I, we just go real deep, but I, you know, we both started realizing like, well, do we see our reflections in our companies? Like we kind of realized our values started to go away and it was all about just the business part. And her and I are like, we need to slow down and remember our values, who we are. And we need that reflection to go back into our companies. So we've been working really right. hard on like changing that and looking at our business plans and changing them and just remembering what we stood for and who we are. Right. But also like, what are you going to be stuck with? Like we're all stuck right now. And yeah. like Phoenix. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me. I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused 
on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. Arizona isn't where I want to be stuck forever. Like we always talk about if we were stuck on a deserted island, like who would we bring and all this stuff. And I feel like we're literally living that. Yeah. And like this isn't the deserted island I want to be on if this is forever. I mean, the people you want to be with. Of course. I'm loving my crew, <laughs> but I told Bray, like Napa makes us happy. Like, so we can't have like the homes we have now, but isn't it worth it being somewhere there with not as much, but like surrounded by what we love, especially if you have the options to only walk around with the mask. And I think, and Brie had said the same, like, I mean, she's making me so earthy now. Like literally Artem and I now have garden beds in the backyard. And it's like, you just start to she's look at it so different. Anymore. I love it. Hint of bougie-ness, of course. But, but here's the thing, like you just hit the nail on the head. It's like, we're all in a place where we have a moment to stop and think. And when you have time to stop and think, you can reassess and kind of redefine your rules for success based on what's truly making you happy. Because now the external world has less of a say, right? I mean, before the external world really ruled us and turned us into these workaholic psycho, like, gotta go, gotta keep pushing. When they're sleeping, you're working, you know, hut, hut, hut kind of thing. And I think now it's like, we can redefine success for us. So when you're saying, I'm okay with going to Napa, downgrading, not having this fabulous like house and having maybe something a bit more modest, just I can feel good inside. That is the greatest gift that one can get from this kind of horrible, you know, nightmare that we're all living in. Um, And that's how to pull the good out of things. And you guys always have a way Um, and, and in reading your book, I saw so much of that, how much, how you turned everything into positives. Um, and sometimes it takes longer than other things, but I think that's something that I've been talking about for the last few years as we've gone through all these brain tumors in my house is what makes my soul happy? Like, I'm not going to do things to feel relevant, look relevant to people because that's not what makes me happy. I don't care about that. I mean, that's so true. And I think I've totally have redefined what success means to me. I mean, success to me always meant happiness, but I realized I was putting hustler with happiness Mm -hmm. and just hustling 24 seven. And at times that wasn't making me happier. I wasn't feeling fulfilled or I was trying to fill my cup up, but I had all these cracks and I was just leaking and drowning. And so that's one thing that I totally have realized the past few months is like, Nicole, does it make you happy? If so, do it. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter the dollar signs behind Mm -hmm. it. Let it go. Because something's going to come that's going to give you what you need, but it's going to fulfill your soul, not your bank account. And when that's fulfilled, it doesn't matter what you have. The dollar signs don't matter Yeah, because you're truly happy. 
Right. And it was interesting because Brian and I were talking in the kitchen the other day before he went back on the road and he was like, don't you want to just start living what fulfills your soul? He's like, I think we always talk about that's in five years. That's in five years. He's like, but why can't we just do it now? And I was like, I mean, you're right. We always just kept thinking like build your retirement or like build the rest of your life. But he's like, let's just do it now. We keep talking about what fulfills our souls, but we're not living it. Totally. Well, when you think about the fact that we can't control whether we're ever going to get there, are we going to make it there? Are we going to get sick? Are we going to get hurt? I mean, there's so many things that can happen along the way. Um, And so it's so cool to hear you guys are in this headspace because I think it will inspire other people. The thing is, is like, you know, when you're successful, there are things that you feel like you have to do to to kind of emulate that success, to, to show it. Um, right. And when you can kind of just strip it down to what really makes you feel happy, you know, then then you don't have to keep chasing after it. Like, you know, we all have done this. Any type A hustler um, has done this where they're like, okay, once I get everything set, once we're really, really financially secure, we'll have kids and we'll do all this stuff. And you can't live life like that because look, a, a COVID happens or, you know, whatever. And um, I think what this will do is when people like you come forward and say this and then live that truth, it will inspire other people to realize that we've really had it wrong. And I think that's why we're all, you know, cautiously approaching the, how do we reenter this world moment, right? Like, like, okay, here comes reentry. I don't really want reentry. I don't want that old life anymore. I want the new version where I could take a bath without guilt. And I did slow down my life so that I could enjoy my family and not just be ships passing in the night. I think everyone's trying to figure out how do I hold on to these lessons and implement them into my life daily so that I can live a more fulfilled life. It's like, to me, it would be like a mix of Europe and America, right? Like in Europe, yeah, they take- you say that all the, all the time. Yeah, right? Yes. Europeans have it right. Yeah. They, they do, but like live. economically they suffer. Like they don't, you know, everybody comes here right. because we're the land of opportunity, right? We are where yeah. you can make your dreams come true. So like if we can blend them and, and here's the thing that I've been saying it for three years now. And if we can go from being human doings to human beings- that is the ultimate success. I love that. That is so good. That's so true. Yes. So it sounds like you guys are, are there. And I have to say, um, your book, Incomparable, um, was so amazing. I started reading it last night. And I literally couldn't put it down till my eyeballs actually shut. And I had about like 80 pages left. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I loved how you weaved your stories. And I was saying earlier, uh, before you guys came on, I think it was so cool to see you guys admit things that you were mortified to admit. And I felt it as I was reading it when you're like, I'm so embarrassed to even say this. But because you didn't have to mention some of those things, like you didn't have to, you know, certain things that were just like, oh, I can't believe I said that or I can't believe I did that. But you guys did. What made you want to share so much? You know, Nikki and I, we realized like the last seven years being on reality television and then being with WWE, gosh, the last 13, 13. years, 
so many people were defining us as strong women because of those two things. And Nicole and I were kind of like, well, it really started with our childhood. Like we gained so much strength for all the things we overcame in our childhood. And we believe like as children, when bad things happen to us, we amplify it. And sometimes we take away the things that were positive in our childhood because the negative stands out too much. And for us, it was like, we just, we kept going through these different situations. So finally we got out of high school and her and I were like, can we like finally breathe now? And because we had each other, we, we really supported and gave strength. But Nicole and I quickly started just connecting with the Bella Army and getting intimate with them. We started to realize how many people go through it alone. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, we really got to open up and tell our stories because people are going through the same things, but we haven't spoken about ours yet. Right. Well, and, you know, for me, and I know Brie feels the same, it's we've just been living in this filtered world for so long where people don't talk about these things. And I think when I was younger, there were certain things that I didn't talk about because I didn't have those role models in my life, like even celebrity role models. Like there, there was no one that was me tooing people at that time or sticking up for women's rights and equality, except for Mia Hamm. When Mia Hamm came around and that women's soccer team, that was the first time where I like wanted to fight for women. And I remember I was in middle school and I was like, she could take Michael Jordan on. I could take Michael Jordan on. That's how I felt as an athlete and as a young girl. But um, seeing this filtered life, I, I told Bria, I'm like, people need real role models that mm-hmm. are willing to share the good, the bad, and the ugly and know that they're not alone because I'll hear some of her friends who are moms because I'm starting to get into the mom combos, but for so long I was not starting allowed. Starting to join the club. I'm starting to join the club. But um, I hear them try to keep up with people on social. It's fake. They're yeah. taking a photo. I guarantee after that photo was taken, the kid's crying, screaming, the mom's throwing the clothes off. It's in a corner of her. Like, it's just not real. And But people are trying to keep up with that, with yep. a photo on Instagram. And I was like, Brie, we got to share it all. Like, even when it's so embarrassing to talk about, especially when I would be a crazy bee in certain relationships, I'm like, people need to relate to that because yeah. everyone's been there, but how do we grow from it and become better human beings? Yeah. And that was like our main reason for sharing so much. I loved actually, Brie, when you were talking about, you know, Daniel will be that kind of calming force when you just flip your lid because you you watch that behavior right like that's in you there's there's stuff in you from how you were raised and what you guys had to go through and it it can it can just pop up like i thought that was incredibly honest too i remember my mom always struggling with her hair it's frizzy maria my mom would say in her greek accent what do you have i tried so hard to find her products i wish i could share these products i'm using now with her because i know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. 
Yeah, it was, you know, it was funny because when I was writing that, I'm like, this is so embarrassing, but I feel like people are <laughs> like me, but he would write down stuff because I am a pistol. I mean, I've grown so much from that, a lot of therapy, but um, I would just say all this mean stuff so quick, regret it later, but Brian would write it all down in a notebook and then read it back to me. And then I'd be like, I didn't say that. And he's like, yes, you did. And I'm like, I said that because I was such in the heat of the moment. Wow. What a great tool he had. I know. I know. I was like, you should be a therapist. <laughs> but I remember like Brian had a conversation like, I can't be in a relationship like this. And if this is how you want to be, then we can't be together. And I was like, okay, I really have to change. Yeah. And so it forced me to change, but I'm happy I did because yeah. I hated being that person. Because you would yeah. feel so bad after. Yeah. And I was like, that's not me. And I hated that it, it looked like me. Yeah. So. Um, but I wanted people to know that because I know it happens to both men and women all the time. Like, you know, and whether you're in a relationship or you're doing it to your family or to a stranger, you don't want to be that person. Accountability, accountability is so huge as human beings. And sometimes we forget to hold ourselves accountable. And it's crazy when you do start to hold yourself in that way. It's just like you start to realize so many things or have someone write something down and hold you accountable of your words. It's just, it opens up your eyes. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I felt like as I was going through it, you guys had such incredible takes and such awareness of things. And I was like, they must've gone through like a lot of therapy because there were so many tools in there that, I was like, oh, I, I recognize this or I see this from the, the studies that I've had. So talk to me about that. And, and I know you just said you guys had therapy, but when did it start and how how helpful was it? Was there a kind that worked for you best or what? Yeah. So, you know, it was interesting because when we went through therapy in high school as kids over a divorce, I didn't feel comfortable. And I think we all didn't really feel comfortable. I felt like uh, is this normal, embarrassed? Right. And I think like all, you know, kids in their youth, you're just like all about image and you're like, this is weird. And I didn't care. But when I got into my twenties, um, I started to really realize how therapy, I shouldn't be embarrassed by it. Like, this is the greatest thing to have because it helps so much. I need to pay someone to listen to me and help me. And I think too, because you are embarrassed about the bad parts of yourself that it was nice for therapists to be like, this is normal. Let's work on it. Let's right. grow. And so, and then when we really saw change is when we hired a life coach. Yeah. We like have the same life coach mm-hmm. and we talked to her at different times, but then it started to become not so much like about my problems and all that, but it just became about everything in life and how someone like myself can function as a good person and look at different things. And especially like look at things where I don't feel like a victim. It's like, Brie, you survived it all. So go in there with a different mental space. Right. Well, and I mean, being an athlete and knowing like the only way I could get better on a soccer field was to be coached. The only way I could get better in Mm -hmm. the wrestling ring was to be coached and produced and have that input. And so where I saw the difference from therapy to having a life coach was I was actually also being coached on like where I wanted to get in life and who I wanted to be and who was inside where therapy, they just listen and they're there to console Mm -hmm. or help you with those emotions. But I wasn't what I, when I look back is I was letting emotions out, but I wasn't getting better. Like I was falling back into patterns till I got into with a life coach who was giving me homework and things to take in my life to become better. And when I started 
to put that to my work, to my relationships, I was starting to excel and see a change. And that's like, if anyone's going to put money towards any type of therapy or coaching, like life coaches are just, right. they are so worth your money. Um, I, I would choose them over. And therapists are great because no matter what, we got to get stuff out. We got to yeah. journal. Yeah. We got to talk to someone who's neutral, who doesn't judge us. But like life coaching, that was game changer. Who suggested that to you? And where did you go? So it was I, Kristen Prouty, yeah, right? Kristen Prouty. P.S. I didn't know Kristen Prouty was the reason you guys got called up. Like, I, I mean, she's Prouty's, an angel in like our world. She's like, the greatest. I always say Kristen Prouty, like, she's the number one person who made everything possible. Like, she, I, she ran after us at Diva Search when they like X'd us out. Yeah. She ran after us and goes, no. There's something to you girls. I'm not letting right. you go. Well, like, the first thing you, she felt bad for us. Then she felt bad for us at first. And that's the one thing I realized very quickly was what an amazing person she is. Is like she saw that we got torn apart by our flat chest and all these things. Nicole they and I were that flat. But they thought it was flat. But that's they made what I comments mean. that when I'm saying everything and you're sitting there in a bikini getting judged and then torn apart. And Nicole and I were like, wait, what is going on? <laughs> so we walked out like just like because it's not like we signed up to do a swimsuit contest yeah, like we, we wanted to be wrestlers yeah yeah for anybody who doesn't know in the book you guys talk about the fact that when you went in for this diva search you thought you were athletes and you went in with this whole athletic thing in mind and they were looking for models so they asked if you would be open to a boob job and you guys yeah. were horrified yes i mean and then when we walked out i'll, I'll never forget nicole and I looked at you like what just happened and I, think- I got mad at Brie because yeah. she's the one that really encouraged me to go. And here I thought I was like going to go fight girls. And then I got like <laughs> torn apart. And I'm like, <laughs> looked at her like, what did you bring me to? Like, am I getting punked? Like, that was so mean. It was awful. <laughs> but I think KP instantly saw that. And she saw two girls walk in there like feeling good and then walk out feeling so bad about themselves. And I instantly felt from this woman, like she was like, no, 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 you guys are everything. You're amazing. There's so much to you. And she just went off and she's like, we know I'm going to make sure we give you an opportunity to really get in the ring and have an audition. And it was crazy because if we just kept walking and KP never did that, where would Nicole and I be? Like, where would our confidence be? What would we feel? But it's awesome to see. And I always think about that moment. And I always want to be like KP where it's like, you see anyone that all of a sudden feels bad. Yeah. You changed her life because KP changed our life. And she introduced us to an amazing spiritual life coach who changed our life too. How so long ago was that? Angel. That was four years ago when we started doing the life coaching. Yeah. We always, so we always did therapy, but like our life coach came in our lives four years ago. So I think I met her with KP at an Esther Hicks event. <laughs> Gary, yeah, um, she has the most soothing voice ever. Yeah. <laughs> she was lovely, and I wonder, you know, was that timing? Did that timing coincide with you building your businesses? Yes. So do you feel like she was integral to you guys being able to build? Because I wonder, like, you guys have built such a successful brand. Um, you've really been able to parlay your success in the WWE and then branch out into lifestyle and stuff. And I feel like, you know, it's, it's incredible. And for people who are watching, who want to know how, you know, you can maybe share kind of your recipe for success and maybe the life coach was integral. Yeah. I mean, the number one thing Nicole and I always knew, which kind of 
got us in wrestling terms heat in the beginning of our careers it was always being authentic and true to ourselves like we're not here to lie to tell you stories that will make us look better we're just we're two girls who maybe didn't grow up as wrestling fans but found the love for and passion for wrestling at 19 and um it was the first time we actually felt a big connection to something that made sense but we were always just so honest and we felt like our honesty and us being authentic is what helped kept helping us grow Mm -hmm. and nicole and i to this day will always look at each other and be like just be authentic just be who we are like you can never ever fail when you're living your truth right and we had you know we started with dreams of when we started our companies it was stuff that we wanted for a while and we on our own was like okay so we have to get an investor and we have to do this so in the beginning Bree and i did everything on our own but we made a lot of mistakes and i wish in the beginning when we started these companies we actually had our life coach because when she came into our life was probably two years when we had these companies and we had made so many mistakes. We were feeling taken advantage of, like we were just not feeling great about ourselves, but also we were feeling like we were losing our values in our company and they were starting not to represent who we are. And she started to give us all these tools. And I was like, Oh my gosh, where were you two years ago? Because I would have not put up with this shit at all in the beginning. She definitely helped us find our voices. And I remember yes. I'd always tell Carrie like, Oh my gosh, it makes me nervous to be like that. She's like, no, you're going to feel so good after. And I'm like, why is this scary? And she's like, Brie, trust yourself. And I'll never forget, like she made me find this voice in business that I'm like, I can keep up with all the men. Like, come on, challenge People me. start to respect you more. And I think that's always was a scary step is we were always afraid to hurt feelings. But in the end, it kind of makes people like lack respect for you until you put your foot down, use your voice like we did in the wrestling ring. When we started doing that in business, it was crazy how things would change. And they're like, oh, yeah, they're the bosses. They're the co-founders. We have to. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. (laughs) you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. I listened to him and then we were like, wow, this is kind of (laughs) easy. But you easy, but even uh, to things that in business, you're going to have a lot of people come at you with hard words. And I remember I talked to Carrie and I'd just be like, well, this person said this. And she's like, "Uh uh-uh. You're feeling bad for yourself. She's like, think, what did they maybe go through in their day? They might have woke up that morning and heard awful news. They still had to go to work. And I was like, oh, she's like, don't feel bad for yourself. Let's look at it from a different situation. I was like, and we would. And I was like, oh my gosh, then that person maybe wasn't being me. Like yeah. it was just, mm-hmm. they were having a hard day. I need to understand that we all do. And like, it was, was unintentional. She even helped us stop using the word, but, and make it an and. And it's so weird now, even when I write stuff out and I'll like delete the butt and put the and and construct differently. And it's crazy 
how like different I speak, but how it makes me feel. And then like how it shines on other people. And to me, that was like one of the best things I've ever learned was take out the butt, put an ant. And what was the meaning behind the removing the butt and adding the end? Because you're almost showing people, what was it? It was like, you're almost showing people like, well, there's, this is great, but like, why are we doing this? Like you're kind of trying to give people something, but bring in, you're bringing in a natural negativity that people just naturally take. Being mm. a, what we're guilty of, people pleasing. Like, yeah. didn't want to hurt people's feelings. So we say what we truly felt, but using the butt made us feel like, if they don't like the idea, then this will make everything smooth. Right, or, but ah. it could be or downplaying someone. Yes. Got it. So we started to change the end. It was like kind of bringing people together and it was more powerful. And it was weird how people would communicate differently. And I was, I saw so much change, whether it was talking to employees um, or CEOs, um, just even socially. I'll go back before I do a post. And I'm like, where did I put a butt? And did that butt make sense? Should it be with an and? a different type of sentence. And it's weird how it can change your whole, like your whole um, message. Wow. How yeah. often do you guys work with your life coach? So yeah. I've been bad for the past six, yeah. six or eight months. We usually, I've taken a pause. Yeah. I usually talk to her once a week, but I used to Got do it. it once a week for a long time straight. Wow. Yeah. And once I guess, yeah. I guess for people who have never worked with a life coach, which is funny because last summer I was going to move forward with um, a life coach and then I just got busy and I didn't, and I've been wanting to do this. So this is going to inspire me to finally, you know, make it happen. Um, what are your, th- what do you think are like the top three things that you've learned or she's influenced you with um, or helped you with? Ooh, the top three. I mean, for me, one of the biggest things that I realized um, is I'm such a people pleaser and I took that into business, which then would always hurt me in the end. So I think my people pleasing made me do financial mistakes in business. Um, When I truly felt strongly in a meeting, I was too scared to speak up because I didn't want to hurt people's feelings. And then all of a sudden a shirt would get printed. I knew it was going to fail. I didn't want to speak up because the graphic designers in there but she just taught me to not be a people pleaser. Like there's, you can talk with kindness and grace and people respect that. You're allowed to have your own opinion. Mm-hmm. She truly brought that out. That was like the number one thing for me. Also not to, I didn't realize how much I was, would play a victim and like how people would speak to me, especially in business or even at like WWE or whatever. I would instantly feel like it was an attack or like, wow, that was like really mean. That had to come from a malicious place. But she opened my eyes like, no, no, no. Like take the victim out. And then how's the conversation go? And I was like, whoa, it's way different. And um, I would also say helping me balance my life. Um, like Nicole said before, we were we are the girls that don't stop. Yeah. And she definitely made me feel like it's okay to stop. Opportunity's still there. Actually, probably more will come. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to enjoy life. And if that means having a day or four days of doing absolutely nothing, it's okay. Yeah. I would definitely say what Bree said and adding in, uh, she really helped me with change and like accepting change. And that change is a good thing, whether it's in a relationship or professionally that she just showed me the light to it, that it's like, you have to listen to yourself. Um, and even though there's scary steps to take, but when you do it, like you will have a struggle, but the light will come in. 
And she helped me so much with that. And so, yeah, yeah, and everything you said. Amazing. I think, yeah. first of all, we probably need to get her on the show. Um, but you, really talked, you, Amazing. you talked about victim a lot. Like even when you, the, in the beginning of the book, you you also felt like you had to preface this with, listen, we've had our journey. So many people have had it way worse. You guys had a really tough journey. What <laughs> what makes you want to put that disclaimer in there? And then where did all the, the kind of like the walls of, I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to be a victim. And how do you balance that with, okay, bad things happened. Um, how, how, how do you kind of, um, how do you handle that? Nicole and I realized that when you become a victim to whatever your story is or whatever mishappens happened to you, um, you don't find growth. And what we realize is when you look at it and you become a survivor of your story, you start to grow. And we wanted people to know in, in the beginning that because especially in the world today, a lot of comparison happens being identical twins. Why we came up with the title mm -hmm. is people constantly are comparing and we know that. So we wanted people with the disclaimer in the beginning for them to know, like, we know we don't have it the worst. People have had it worse than us, but this was bad for us. And so this is how we overcame this um, because we don't want people to feel like, well, mine's way worse. So I'm just going to, I see, I can't because they didn't have it as bad as me. So we wanted them to know like, Hey, we know you had it worse, but still here's some advice yeah. that helped us. I feel like sad enough socially with social media, it's like, you almost feel like you have to put those disclaimers out because of how people can be. Mm -hmm. and, and we do feel for people who've, who have had it. I mean, who've been on their deathbeds, you know, because of abuse or rape or anything really bad. So it's like, I know who've been kidnapped and then, but have been found like, I know there were stories out there. Yeah. So I think that's also what made us want to put that disclaimer on. Um, oh, I totally lost my And then the victim. Oh yeah. And the victim, it was, I just think we really, I've seen when people have played victims their whole life mm -hmm. and Green and I have, we've seen it. We dealt with it with a bit, but like, I feel like they miss out so much on life on like the beauty of life and what they can really give to this world. And that's why Green and I wanted to keep repeating that message through the book because it's, we want, we want people to break free. And I, I feel like when you keep hearing it, it just gives you that confidence. Like for instance, with my rapes, it was like, I held on to that for over 20 years and like very few people knew. And it, it was something that affected me so much. I was in and out of therapy all the time. And by choice, like I would go pay for it because I didn't want to tell my parents. Mm -hmm. My dad was in my life at the time, but my mom, I just didn't want to ever tell her. And I remember like how I would always feel and something I hid in. And I always blamed myself. I carried so much guilt and shame for so long. Like, Nicole, you put yourself in that situation. Like, why did, why did you have to be there? Why did you go to the party? Why did you go do this? You knew it wasn't right. And I carry that, I mean, up until my thirties and it was, it really took like our ghostwriter to like have me say the word rapes. Cause I would even refuse to say the word. It was like, I couldn't even like say it because it just would put me back into such a moment. Cause it's just visions. You never, you just don't ever not see like they live with you. Um, and so for me, it was like, 
until the Me Too movement is when Brie and I really talked about it again because I had put it away for so long. And I remember telling Brie, like, I'd do anything to have had these women be around when it happened to me because I would have probably ended up talking about it to my mom, to someone. I would have gotten help. Um, But instead, we didn't have that. And it was like after when we got this opportunity to write the memoir, it was just like, like maybe I need to help be that role model for people and help them not be a victim to it. I don't want any high school girl to ever waste 20 years of her life holding what I held on to. I want her to break free. I want her to know like, you're not going to be a victim. You're going to call Nikki Bell. She's going to body slam that person and probably do worse. But we're <laughs> we're going to get fixed. We're going to fix each other. We're going to help each other. Cause it's just, it's not a great life to live, you know? Well, even when I was talking to Nikki during the me too movement, I was like, hashtag it, tweet it. I'll get your back. Like, it's time to tell your story. And she still didn't have enough courage at that time. And she's like, Brie, I'm so scared. And I've never been in that situation. And it was sad for me to see someone who was innocent to have to go through that, who still didn't feel the courage and the bravery to speak about it. I'm like, it's not your fault. And that's when she really knew she needed to talk about it in the book because we're like, think how many other women don't have the courage or the bravery to speak about it because they feel like it was my fault or they feel guilty or ashamed. And I just, I always tell my sister all the time, I'm so proud of you for speaking about that in the book because you're going to change so many lives the way the Me Too movements change lives. Like you're going to make women come like find that courage deep down inside and be like, you know what? F it. It wasn't my fault. And I'm tired of living to that guilt. Yeah. I, I have to say when I was reading that part, um, you know, the first thing we were like, oh my God. And then the second time you're like, oh, a couple of months later, you, you went through it again. Yeah. And it was shocking to me because I didn't know. And, um, and to hear it happen twice, I, I mean, I felt horrible. And I wonder what, you know, a lot of us assume twins are so close. They tell each other everything. Why do you think you didn't at least confide in Brie in those moments or at some point thereafter? It's weird. Cause, um, like if I, if I take myself back, you're so afraid to be judged. And I think also when you're young, you're trying to also figure out what happened. And I think too, especially with the second situation, it's like before I walked into that hotel room with people, like I knew something wasn't right. Like that's why I didn't want to go in because my gut and my intuition was telling me that you're not in a good situation. And then I did. And then everything after that was such like a scary movie. And I think one, I didn't want to go to her because I was ashamed, like thinking like, I, why didn't I listen to myself, Nicole? Like nothing would have ever happened. And then I was scared to just relive it. But then I was causing myself so much depression. Like, I mean, I just remember so many times when I was young, just like locking myself away and crying and feeling so just used and gross. Um, but I, I, it's so weird because when I look back, I think it's like, as a kid, I think we're always afraid to be bullied or laughed at or judged. And even when you get raped, like raped in such, I mean, that one, I should have got the cops involved and I didn't, yeah. but I was so afraid of like, what are they going to say about me? Are more people going to find out? Are they going to make fun of me? Or it's like, oh, those were all things that went through my head. And I think there was one situation I'll never forget that 
when I was in school, and I can't remember if I talked about this in the book, but it was one, we would walk home from school in high school and I did not feel good. I used to walk with a group of girls because Brie would be at volleyball. And I just, I left immediately after school and I was like, walked by myself because I was just, did not feel great. And next thing I knew, like a car literally like hit me, barely hit me. And it was a man trying to pull me in a car half naked, telling me to suck his D. And I'm 15 at the time, 14. Yeah. And I just, I like screamed. I ran to the neighbors. He drove off. Now he got caught two weeks later because he tried to do it to a 10 year old boy after school. And this was a neighbor, but I'll never forget. I was sitting in the stands. Like I, and I had to deal so much with like, literally the cops came to my house. They made me look at like, it was like a hundred or 200 men that lived within so many miles of like pedophiles. And I remember looking at all this and looking at my parents, like, why do I have to do this? Yeah. And then I'll never forget. Like I didn't want my name to be used. And you know, back then they always wrote about stuff in the newspapers, but they would disguise you. And I'll never forget sitting in the stands and these girls talking about the situation and making fun of it. Not even realizing I was the victim behind them and saying like, well, if I was that girl, like I would ask how much and I would have been like this. And I just remember being a freshman in high school, like just like feeling like, oh my gosh, if they only knew it was me, but this is like, I think that also made me like never want to talk about things because mm. I saw firsthand these girls just ripping on a little girl that they had no idea was sitting behind them. That like a moment that changed her life. And so I think so that was hard. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that that um touched me was you you realized that second time that your friend had abandoned you but it was only because she had been raped as well yeah and i mean i I literally like had to put my ipad down and i i was just in shock and and you know the the whole kind of process of trying to figure out what to do like her mom and nobody wanted to say anything and for people who don't understand, explain kind of what goes on in that kind of moment where everybody, even an adult who hasn't had that in- incident, right, right, when everyone decides that this is something we should just keep under wraps. I think it's fear takes over. It's like, um, like I, I just remember for me, I just remember that feeling of like whenever I got with it, and like seeing two men standing there, like I don't even know their names and not seeing her and then running through this field at night and then running into when I made it to the other hotel and then seeing her crying, know what happened. It's your body almost goes in shock. Yeah. And it, it's like, you don't even, it's crazy because the first thing that goes through your mind is not getting help, which is so crazy. It's like, I think it's the fear that kicks in because again, I think it's the blame like you feel like you, maybe you were a part of doing something wrong. And so it, it's like, what do we do? Maybe if we don't even tell anyone, it goes away. I think maybe that's what we think is like, if we don't ever speak about this again, this will go away, but it never goes away. If anything, it grows inside of you so deep and it's, it's traumatizing. And so I, I wish it, it happens so much. And I think it, it's just that fear and being scared and being judged yeah. and, and just thinking that if we don't talk about it, we won't ever feel it, but you feel it. It go, it, it lives with you. And so um, I think that's what made us made that decision that night. 
Bree, what was your first reaction when Nikki finally told you? Gosh, I mean, I remember the first time she told me it was shocking, almost like it didn't feel real. Like it was just like, wait, this, this happened to you. And I think too, I felt really bad that my sister didn't feel like she could come to me first. And it also made me angry. It made me angry that people are capable of just such mean acts. And, um, but I just, you know, I think when you're in high school and you're just an adolescent, you think you're unbreakable, untouchable. And so when someone's so close that happens, you know, to, um, it's, it's very hard to take in. And it, and it was hard for me to understand it too, because I, I was also going through stuff. I think when you told me at the time it was after bear, right? Or was it right before? I think it was right before. Okay. It was right before, but it was like, it was just at a time when you're trying to figure out we were going through so much yeah. with our family and everything that it, it just, it was kind of, it was mind blowing for me. It was very hard for me to understand. I think the important thing to kind of, you know, there's so many important takeaways is that this can happen to anybody at any time, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I was reading it, I put my iPad down for other reasons too. Cause I was like, Oh my God, this almost happened to me when I was out with my cousin one night and my dad had always said, don't take open drinks from anybody. And someone offered to buy us drinks and she saw him put something in my drink. And she was like, don't drink that. I mean, it happens that fast. That fast. And you're, you're not with it. And then you're being followed. And then that's, that's it. That's, that's what they do. They're predators. And it's, it's just, it's crazy because it literally can't. And this is the thing. It's like, when I started to see all these different shows of where you saw it, they were telling stories of how it happened in high school. And I think the last one that really got me that I watched was what's the one that Selena Gomez produced 13 um, reasons why 13 mm. reasons why, how in the end the girl's story was because she got date raped in the jacuzzi, not even date raped. She got raped. Um, and then how he made her feel about that. Like you asked for it, whatever. And then it also happened to, at the other girl too. Right. Mm-hmm who never wanted to speak about it. And I'm like, gosh, this happens so much more than we know. And these girls have no one to go to. They have no one to look up to. There's no one encouraging them or giving them that bravery to speak about it. And it just, I'm watching all these shows and I'm, it just would take me back. And I'm like, oh, I know what they feel. Yeah. And it's like, this has to end. There has to be a stop. Like how, how do these men and boys, I mean, cause they're boys feel so confident in doing this, but we don't, it's because where we go, we don't get them in trouble. We don't hold them accountable. And I just hope that ends because it's just not fair. It's not fair that we have to be scared to take a drink to live. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like another point that I connected with you guys was kind of a lot of the violence that you were around. Right. So like you are like always in kind of fear mode. I know for me, that was kind of a thing, you know, you're, you're always afraid, you're always looking kind of for that, um, that threat. Um, but I wonder, do you feel like you've healed? Do you think it's possible to fully heal from something like that? You know, I just, by based on experience, I haven't fully healed. I've definitely done a lot of healing and a lot of healing that's made me a different person. I feel like the way I'm even raising Birdie, the way I'm in my marriage, like, is so different, but definitely there's times where I see how I am when I'm by myself with Bert alone at my house, or I see 
all these things when I'm out and about. And if all of a sudden I realize like, okay, I'm walking to a garage by myself. Like, you know, I, I definitely will feel almost that trauma coming up again and it does something to your body. But, um, I don't know if you ever fully heal. I, you know, I really don't, but I've done a lot of healing, but I, I definitely haven't. Yeah. Much. And I think you could forgive, but it's hard to ever have relationships with those people like they were. Um, like at the end of the day, I mean, this is such a weird analogy. Like dogs will keep loving you mm-hmm. no matter what, which is so sad. As human beings, we can't do that. Like I can't ever like be like, even with my dad, like we have mended our relationship, but like, I can't ever have that dad and daughter relationship that, that will never be the same. Um, and I'm happy that we've reconnected and I just can tell like you have scars. Yeah. The scars can heal, but they're there and they're, they're hard to forget. And so I, I just know that that's how that will always be. Yeah. Wow. Um, I guess, I mean, there's so much I want to get to with you guys and time is so running out. Um, but, uh, I do want to talk about, obviously you're both pregnant and expecting, and we did that fun Instagram live together. Um, when you guys reached, was it 2 million subscribers? Three million. Three million. Shit. Sorry. There and then they're gonna yeah put it out. Um, so Nicole and I were saying after that, I we could have talked forever. WWE kept texting like you guys need to hang up. You need to hang up. We're like, but we missed right. having so much fun talking. <laughs> I know it was fun, um, and I was I was taken aback. I didn't realize that you know when you guys found out you were both pregnant, it wasn't like a yes. Oh my god, this is amazing. Like I would have expected. At all. I think, too, because we both were shocked. I'll admit, um, I was a little harsh. But I don't know if it was the hormones. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I, there was definitely reasons why. <laughs> but um, I don't know if it was the first trimester hormones. But, um, no, we didn't give ourselves a hip hip ray in the beginning. It took us yeah. about a week. It was like, <laughs> I felt like, did I just, like, do something so wrong? Um, it... <laughs> You know, I think we just were both so shocked in a, in not a great way. And then now we, we both love it and we're so happy. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's such a blessing. <laughs> yeah. In the beginning. Well, it and weird. yeah. And everything happened fast, like for us. And it was the holiday. It was just like a time where I wish I was, it wasn't the holidays and it was a different type of time where I could have. And I wish Nicole told me differently too, where I could have just like been in my home. Maybe she phone called me and I could have just had digested had private time to myself and then like dealt but it's never like that with her and I so funny um you know Nikki obviously um you and Artem are engaged have you guys talked about when you're getting married have I missed that part no so um I told him that like I just really want to have the baby first and like just try and be parents which actually ended up being a blessing because I couldn't even imagine if we tried to do a shotgun wedding and then this happens. Um, and so I just am like, I'm in no rush. I, you know, I definitely want to get married one day. Um, but now all I can like think about is like being an amazing mom and just wanting us to be amazing parents. And so once I feel like we're in a good place, then I definitely want to plan a wedding, but we haven't even discussed it. 
Like really, yeah. And we, and so yeah. I guess if um if if you're you know you haven't really discussed it, but in your heart of hearts, do you think you want something big and extravagant, or do you want something small and intimate? You know, I always will be like, no, small and intimate's fine. But yeah, right. I'm not gonna lie. Like I would love big and extravagant. <laughs> it's like. I think because I love going to weddings, it's like there's something about like the energy and how fun, fun. it is and the dancing. And it's so much more fun when there's a lot of people mm-hmm. and they rarely happen. And especially at our ages, they rarely happen. So, I mean, they're usually smaller because they've already been divorced and then they remarry. <laughs> but um, I think I would go big. Got it. I don't, yeah, I don't want to just stare at my family. I need a bunch of people there. Um, and I also, I've always wanted to ask you, and I'm sure I know a lot of people wonder too. So you and Artem were on Dancing with the Stars together. Yeah. I think I'm the only other person that could interview you that pretty, like really understands that world because I've been in it. Yeah. So (laughs) the question I always get from people are like, well, you know, you're so intimate with your partner. Yeah. And obviously you were in a relationship at the time with John. Yeah. How how do you explain to people what that was like with Artem now that you're with Artem? Oh, it's so <laughs> hard as you can imagine. Everyone blames that for my breakup. And I'm like, oh my God, there was so much going on. Yeah. And I think like going into it, there was so much going on in my relationship. And then I met Artem and like, Arden would have never been like someone who I would have ever gotten to know, like Russian ballroom dancer. I'm a fighter. Like it's just, it would have never happened. And going through that journey, it was, I think what I really loved is I loved more the independence of like, for like a minute, not being a twin or someone's fiance. I was like my own person. Mm -hmm. And then I was to know this person who I found so awesome. Like, we just connected so well and people always talk about the intimacy, but I think like you also know when you're out there competing, I'm not thinking about how sexy he is or the moves. Like I'm just making sure I'm getting my eight counts. Right. Yeah. Like I tell people that I'm like, maybe if I was a professional, like I could get into this, but like, I would be terrified. I never had nerves like that. So like for me and I very competitive, like I wish I could have enjoyed it maybe more in that way. But like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like some of the stuff I remember, like we danced and like, wow, someone hasn't touched me like that in like six yes. years. That was great. But um, I think too, Artem was the first man that I ever had to be vulnerable for. Like mm. not even with John or anyone was I ever so vulnerable for, but like I had to depend on Artem to get me through this dance to find the softer side of me. Cause that's what they kept wanting was like, she needs to be more graceful. She needs to be softer and I was so aggressive out there, like poor Arda. <laughs> um, and it's so like, people just don't get it. They thought like I did that. And then I was like, Oh, that's it. I'm leaving John. And now this is the guys in my life. Like I remember leaving there being like, this was the greatest experience in my life, but taking the most from it wasn't Artem was like how, like I found this new Nicole, like kind of the girl I had you was for so long was this independent girl that like loved this fun and this freedom. And, and then it kind of made me not want to put up with a lot of shit. So when I had to go back to my real life and there were things that weren't great, I was like, I'm not going to forget who I just became. I'm actually going to stick with her 
and keep going with this girl and not go back to the other. And that was like the real issues that got me to the breakup. Um, and then he didn't even check on me for like a long time, actually, by the way, Artem. And I remember when he finally checked on me, he's like, I don't know what to say, but everyone's told me like, you have a massive breakup and I'm going to be like, no, I'm sure you saw the headlines. But like, <laughs> like, I just want to make sure you're okay. And I was like, and I didn't see him since the show. Like literally when I got cut, I flew back with John to Tampa and I was in Florida. So like I wasn't even in LA. Um, and then I remember when he, he checked up on me, but he was on tour. You know how they always do the seasons to the tours. Yep. I didn't see Artem for so long until he actually filmed, was it Bella's or Divas? Bella's. Or was it Deep? Bella's. Yes, season four. You're right. We were, because I was moving to LA. So um, I remember showrun at the time was like, can you get Arm to come down real quick and film this sushi spot with you? But then I looked so goo-goo-eyed. I like look back at that scene all the time. I'm like, I'm just going to act like it's because I hadn't seen him in a long time. But like my eyes were like sparkling. And I remember leaving there like, Oh, I forgot how like sweet he was and like cute and charming. And then he asked me out on a date shortly after that. And I said, no. And then we finally went on a date, but I was just always so afraid I was going to get labeled the girl that fell in love on dancing with the stars and left her fiance. Like, cause it is so intimate. Like it's such sexy dancing, but I'll admit, I didn't really get to enjoy that part of it, which I wish I did. In my head, I was like, I have to be Chris Jericho and because it kept telling me you better go longer than Chris Jericho and I was just so I mean you remember how nervous oh, I was nervous when I was in the audience that <laughs> you guys have to hear that three bell or it's like Artem and I would actually get into it did you and Derek ever get into it like fight yeah Artem and I argued a few times I get so mad at him because um, he would just give me a hard time like during jive week especially oh my god I hated the jive that is the worst dance. I feel bad, but that is like yeah. the worst dance I've ever experienced. Yeah, and it's that was tough the because it's so like it's like imagine when you're you know you're amazing at wrestling and you have to teach a newbie how to be amazing overnight. Like it's frustrating for them. So I I get it. We definitely had our tiffs and and stuff, but um, but yeah, it's like I remember going back to Kevin and being like, okay. So I'm now used to someone touching my body in every area, basically, like eight hours a day. So you need to touch me a lot because I'm going to have withdrawals. <laughs> Actually, I do. Like, it's so funny because I do see like that part of it. That I think that's the part that I really loved was like how you were touched. It was in such a, a womanly ladylike way where I was like, oh, I really like that. But I do have to give it to John. John... Um, was very hands-on a lot. So like, I never had to like, thank goodness, like worry about that. Like, I mean, in public sometimes, like always just grabbing my bed or my back or like just always hands-on, mm-hmm. but it is different when it's ballroom. Um, it's, it's weird. Yeah. Well, Brian always says, he's like, I don't know if I'd like you on Dance with the Stars. He's like, it's crazy how they get. But I feel like once you do it, it's yeah. like you take it in a way that's so competitive. I get it. But it's I easy to get it. lost in it too. It is yeah. easy to get lost, she and that's what happens. That whole time. Yeah. Well, you have to be when you're – so if you're not a dancer, and I wasn't, I mean, I had to put everything into it. And and when you are – like, 
you know, I had more of a masculine or masculine energy going into, I'm like a fighter, not like a fighter, like you guys professionally, but that's just kind of my energy. It did bring out a feminine side that was so needing to come out. And then you get a little like, you know, all over the place, but I wonder, do you guys still dance now? So we were still dancing for a bit. Like we'll do stuff for a YouTube channel, but I was telling him the other night, I actually think it was last night. But I was like, you know, all I, I say to you so many times and I say it for a reason, but like, I really want you to teach me because I would just love to dance with Artem all the time. Like we've gone to salsa nights a few nights and it's so fun. Mm-hmm. I really like connecting with him in that way. Like it just makes me feel taken care of and petite and cute. And- She's trying very hard to get him to do a bunch of TikToks, which I'm going to call it's not the way to go. But it, like, is, it <laughs> feeds the craving. So I'm hoping one day, because I told him I would love to be a really good Argentine tango dancer. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I love that. Because Brian and I always had fun. Like when we'd wrestle together or like he'd be training me. It was always this different connection that we had together. That was really And that's special. how we like met. And so it, it's like fun. I think it, what it does is it makes it feel like new and fresh again. Yeah. It takes me back to those just, moments of like when life just felt so great. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned um, John and I just remembered something about the book and I don't remember if it was in the book or I heard it outside of there, but I heard that WWE and John had a lot of say in the book. Was that mentioned in the book? Am I crazy? No, it's, it was, um, it was an interview, right? Or something, but, but it's been talked a lot about. They both did. How does that work where you want to be honest about your life and other people have a say? How does that work? No, it's, it's hard. It's really hard because, you know, everyone's out to protect themselves. And I feel like, um, for me, it was just kind of like, a little bit of a bummer, but Nicole and I have always been respectful and we're like, okay, like it's right. maybe our life coach wouldn't have agreed with us. Yeah. That. Right. <laughs> but it, it was John though, it wasn't even like there was anything bad written. Um, so that like to me, because I know when people hear that side, it, it was more beautiful things that were like taken out or like a few struggling things, but my own inner struggle um, because I do have to say like, overall, we did have such an incredible relationship. It was just two people that wanted two different lives, mm. but were trying so hard to make it one. And it, it was like, even in the end, when he was like willing to give me kids, I could just tell like, it's not what he wanted. And that's really like, you know, what pushed me in the end was like, am I going to force someone to be a father? Like, what if I'll never forget, I think it was my life coach. She goes, what if he looks at you down the road and just regrets everything? Mm. She goes, man, you have this child and you've built this life. Is that what you want? And I remember thinking like, it's not what I want. I don't want to force someone to change if that's what they don't want to do. I want someone to come to me and be like, I want to have a kid with you. Like, I can't wait. Like, even now being with Artem, how he looks at me and like knowing that I'm like, bringing this child in the world and we're growing a family. Like you crave that from someone. Yeah. And I was pushing it on someone like it it was just those moments. But I remember I was just shocked with certain like beautiful things that were taken out. And I was like, there was one sex story that I understood (laughs) for him. So that's why it's kind of like, don't you want high fives on that? But I get it. (laughs) 
He's um, super private, though, for everybody who doesn't know. He's a very private yeah, person. So yeah. even if it was a flattering sex story, I can see, I guess. And poor, and poor guy. Like, My imagination so is running wild right now. <laughs> we were wild. I, um, and he's strong. So it was a great story. But it was like he was so private. And I came into his life and he opened it up. And that's what always made me feel bad was like, I'm not that person. It's the same with RM. Like, I'll say stuff to Brian from him, and he's like, did you just say that? And I'm like, no. I don't have a filter. I don't know what to tell you. You don't want me the other way. I'll explode. <laughs> but WWE, it was funny. There was a few stories that they took out. Um, out Nicole always said the nice but... thing is you always, um, we can have a series. So we said down this... the road. We'll have another one. One and only. The stuff we couldn't tell you 10 years ago. Now we can. (laughs) Now Now. we have the freedom. I know. From our vineyard. Here's the stories we couldn't tell. Do you guys, do you ever think, first of all, we haven't even ever discussed our SummerSlam horrendous um, appearance I made. That horrible in-ring outdoor. Yeah, that was my worst match of life. Um, Well, but you were in with. So they like they literally had you go in there with someone who's brand new. I like, know. You know wrestling. So when you and I were in, everything was perfect. But then when you had to go in with Eva, I felt too bad because it was still it was Eva's like first time. First time, I think yeah, her match too. So yeah. To be fair, that was not fair to you. Thank you. <laughs> Even when we've been in those situations, it's like hard. It's I was hard. like, oh my god, I was used to like, like. Yeah, you're used to being like taken care of in a sense and now you're like oh shit this is so hard when it's someone new um but when you look kind of to the future you know everybody loves you and you know wwe after you left you know had this whole like superstar explosion and you know it started with give divas a chance which you started um what do you think you'll ever go back in any capacity to 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 wrestle again? I mean, is there anything left in the tank? Oh, so I, it's so weird with WWE because you you always crave it. You yeah. always like we always talk about how much we would love to wrestle again. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like I still have a little bit left in the tank, and I feel too because my last comeback wasn't what I wanted. I wasn't ready. Um, I came back too quick. I didn't have a lot of time to train. It was just, it was different. You had no time to train. I had no time. And I had a young one at home and it, it was just different. So I definitely feel like, and I always tease Brian because she can't go back, unfortunately, because of her neck. And we hope one day there's a miracle yeah. like there was for my husband yeah. and my fridge. And then we can go get yeah. the women's tag team championship. Because I would love to wrestle for my child. Like, I just imagine my like kid being front row and like mommy's having to come back. Like, even if it's right. one match. As an owl, like it would have to be a miracle um, because of my neck, but um, I don't know. I believe in them. Yeah. And so. I, I told Brian, if maybe they brought back Mixed Match Challenge, like it would be fun to team up with Brian and do mm-hmm. that. So uh, I definitely will wait a couple years after this baby because I know the feeling of going back too soon after a kid and well, making sure you get enough training time in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. someone in our chat, uh, Matthew Gold, actually just asked, um, what do they think about Becky Lynch becoming a mom, too? And I've totally forgot about that. The man is going to be a mom. Right? He's going to be a mom. I love, I love it. it. And, you know, we both immediately text Becky when we found out. And I told her, I'm like, 
it's always hard to leave because unfortunately as a woman, we have to walk away from our wrestling careers. Like our men don't. Brian had got to stay. Seth Rollins gets to stay. But I go, but the journey you're about to take is going to be as great as your journey as one of the best champions because it's something incredible and life-changing. And um, I think her and Seth are going to be amazing parents. And I think too, it's going to be awesome to see Becky one day go back to the ring. Mm -hmm. So I'm so happy for her because I know she's always wanted to be a mom. And she's done, she has accomplished so much Mm -hmm. in her career. And I think it's such a perfect time for her because it gives her opportunity to come back if she wants. Um, And it's just something you fear for the women that miss out on it because we get so into our careers. Yep. Unfortunately, like I even know it, your clock ticks and like we can never get rid of that. It's, it's tough. It just gets tougher and tougher as we get older. So it makes me so happy for Becky. Wait, you girls are 36. So, um, forgive me for not knowing, but did you, did you guys freeze eggs as well? So she I was about I was about to and I got pregnant. Okay, that's I feel like we've had this conversation. I couldn't remember exactly, but but at 36 you have to start thinking because they start to make you paranoid about, you know, everything depleting. Are you thinking about having another kid soon or how are you handling that? I'm done. I, I told him if I out. if I have a C section, take the tubes. You can take take the tubes out. Two's good, perfect for me. Okay. okay. I'm, I feel like Nikki I'm, wants more. Well, I I want I'm content with one. Artem wants more. And I'm like, ooh. Just and I I know I understand that like being pregnant during COVID-19 hasn't helped my whole situation, but pregnancy kicks your ass. It is kicking my ass. I <laughs> love when I feel my baby kick. That to me is like the best feeling in the world. But everything else, I, I'm not going to lie. This has been, like, the hardest competition match soccer game I've ever had in my life. Like, I'm like, whoa. This I just can't imagine doing it even older. And, like, going back to back. And I'm going to have a selfish moment for a second. Like, there's things that I enjoy in life that I miss. And I can't imagine giving up another year of it, which I know it sounds so Are we bad. talking about alcohol here? <laughs> I look at my wine room every day and I'm like, I'm going to chug a bottle of wine. It's, and I have to like, I guess I have to take myself out of COVID-19, but it's hard. I yeah. mean, yeah. and I'm not doing any of the pregnancy stuff as now, like baby shower canceled, no maternity shoots, Artem gourmet cooks. So like I'm, I'm heavier than what I want to be. So do you feel like the fun of pregnancy has been lost because of COVID? Definitely. And I'm grateful yeah. to be healthy. 100%. But every, like Brie would tell me like, yeah, you're going to hike. People are going to give you high fives because they're going to be so proud of you. I'm not getting high fives, of course. <laughs> like I barely want to go to my garage gym and work out. It's so amazing. <laughs> it's like not what <laughs> I was I had expecting. like two baby showers. She doesn't get any baby showers. I I did so many different things my first pregnancy. Yeah. You feel so bad she doesn't do well, any. And on top of it, like, we all have to admit we're all battling somewhat of depression. Mm-hmm. Like, we're depressed of what was, and now we have to adapt to what is. And I think there's times that I battle being down, and it's like, and it's not the hormones. It's just what we're, like, what life is now. Yeah. And it just makes this all even harder. So, but I did tell Nicole, I said the hard thing that was 
for me with the first pregnancies, I was traveling so much up to my five week mark. And I've actually enjoyed being pregnant during this time because yeah. I get to relax so much more. Totally. And I didn't get that with Birdie. And I actually experienced really bad swelling in my third trimester where I got the carpal tunnel in the hands. I get all this stuff and it was probably, I was always in planes. And so I was like, trust me, being stuck at home pregnant no, is actually I, nice. Right. I just think, I just told Brie, let's always live by each other. So my baby has siblings pretty much. Mm-hmm. We're good. So you think you're one and done. We'll see. I don't know why, but I was thinking like three for you. I don't know why, but I oh, guess, uh, I guess we with twins. Yeah. <laughs> twins. I know. I know. You never know. Um, I guess, um, you know, we also have not mentioned um, some sad news that we found out today. I know you guys were socialing about this, but Shad, yeah. um, tell me a little bit about your experiences with him. Oh my gosh, Shad was one of the sweetest human beings. You know, at the time that we knew him, we were all on SmackDown. And gosh, how long ago? I mean, he, I think, left WWE, or he was let go in 2009. Yeah, like 10 years ago. Yeah. But at a time, too, where like maybe women, we weren't getting a lot, but. I'll say Shad was one of those guys who was always so sweet and respectful to women. He always, always tried made, include. always tried to include, always made the divas feel good. Always would be like, dang, that was so good what you did out there. Even though we're like, I was out there for two minutes, but he just always brought this light into a room. You never saw him not smile. You never saw him angry. Like, and you see that on our industry because we're with each other a lot, but he literally was like, always lit up the room. Like, Shad was just one of those guys till the very end when people were still around him. Like he would still stop by the WWE offices just to say hi to everyone. Like just a really good guy. And I think that's why crime time was so over because you felt that energy when they first walked out, like they just were always happy guys and they were like that backstage, but it broke our hearts when we found out because we've met his wife before. um, And, and I just, as a wife and I, you know, Nicole was saying, and I just think of the son, I can't even imagine, imagine what I mean, even how he passed, he was still giving, like he's a hero. Like he just selfless. He was always selfless. um, Yeah. So it's just so sad, especially during a time like this, which I feel like makes it so much worse when we want our families to lean on. And so, yeah. Anybody who's going through a loss like that, when people can't rally around you and physically hug you and be there for you and bring food and, you know, the, the ways that we cope with, um, with death and especially unexpected death, you know, you can't do all of that now. So it's really hard. Right. Um, well girls, I feel like we, the, first of all, this is my longest interview ever. And I don't feel like it's an interview because I just have been so excited to talk and, and hear everything. And, um, and I, I loved, I didn't even get to any of my notes on the book. I, I highlighted so much. And, <laughs> and I guess one of the things that I have to say, I just love how you guys, how you framed the idea of seeing your potential as millions of possibilities and, and seeing that in other women and not, not letting everybody's you know, hate and hazing, get you girls down and say, and showing by example that you could just kind of be the light throughout. Um, 
I think is so powerful. And when someone reads this book, they're not just getting to know you, they're going to get to learn from you. And I think that's really awesome. Oh, thank you. That means so much. That does. That's, and that's, Brie and I want it. Like when, even if you don't know us, when you close, when you read that last page and close the book, that you truly take something away from it and you truly want to become the hero of your own story mm-hmm. and survive and no longer be that victim, right? Because, you know, as w- when we're in WWE, people would always say, oh, like superhero, superhero. So we understood that feeling, but everyone can have that feeling. And Nicole and I always say, like, when you become the hero of your story, you can actually wear that imaginary cape and be a superhero. Mm-hmm. Like everyone has, everyone can feel that. And so um, we wanted everyone to yeah. kind of just close that book and understand that. Yeah. I love that. I also forgot to say, you guys are one of the few filming. And we were talking about on the show yesterday that in Atlanta, Tyler Perry is going to start filming and they're going to be quarantining people on the studio a lot. And I read this article that Ted Sarandos wrote about Netflix and how they're filming in different countries. Tell me how that's working for you guys, because you guys are going to be the model for how it works in the future. And obviously being pregnant, you have added concerns that maybe, you know, other people don't have. Definitely. It's been, it's actually been awesome. So we all quarantined for 14 days, could have no contact with the outside world. It was such strict rules and regulations. And then once we all did that very small crew and then three, myself, Bertie and Artem, once we all did the 14-day quarantine, then we all had to take coronavirus tests. And then once those tests came in, then we all are together, but still quarantined. So it could like still- Like all isolated together. Yeah, we're all isolated <laughs> With together. With the crew? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. And is this crew that you have worked with forever so you feel comfortable being yeah. around? Oh, yeah. totally. Well, we all said it's actually nice because we all get to talk to like other humans. Yeah. Like, that's not over Zoom or anything. It's like, whoa, we actually right. get- And we still, and they're completely in like- I, I sometimes feel bad for them because they have to be in protective gear all day, mask gloves, like sanitizer where we don't have to be in masks, but we all check our temperatures. Even though they're quarantining with you? Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's, just for safety. extra for safety. I feel like that's wow. like been the biggest thing for I'm sure all film crews going back is safety. Safety is number one. And, um, you know, Nicole and I were talking about this. We're like, whoa, is this going to be like how filming's going to end up being for a long time? Will we see change or is this it? It's it's crazy. I think it'll be change. You think yeah. this is going to be the change? Well, no, I mean, Brie like thinks, is this it or will it be change? I think we, I don't think this will be forever. I think this will be for a while, but I don't, I don't think it'll be forever. I think it's just going to be for a long time. <laughs> and so we were talking about on the show how, how it's so hard to be living in such uncertain times, especially uh-huh. when you're like a fixer and a problem solver. You're like, okay, I, I can't figure this one out. I know. Totally. I'm like, I need an end date. And when there's not an end date, it freaks me out a little bit. Yeah. And even so. with like all the information we're getting, you just don't know what to believe. It's like you hear this and then you hear that and you're like, oh my gosh, my brain's going to explode. Like, where's the truth in yeah. all of this? So when this ends, what's the first thing you're going to do? Like when, when COVID restrictions are totally released, I don't know what Arizona has been like. I know all states are starting to reopen, but you know, I guess if, because it's not going to be a situation where COVID's gone and you can do whatever you want. But if you could, if tomorrow everything was lifted, what would the first thing you do 
Be. So we would definitely go to Napa Valley and Lake Tahoe. Yeah, but I mean, just locally, I think the first thing I would do is go to a coffee shop and sit on a patio and just watch people. Like, yeah. I just want to hear people laugh. I want yeah. to hear people interact. I just, I think that's what I would, the first thing I But I, I want to change do. the scenery. I need a scenery change. We are a little stir crazy. So we did say, like, it would be nice to, like, go to either the vineyards or the mountains. Like, do something that feels, like, different than us just being in our homes all the time so and a massage oh that's a massage a massage would probably be Give the me. first we are like in so much pain right now are you massaging each other no <laughs> i'm dying for sushi i'm dying to go out and eat sushi oh, see well and nobu just opened here in scottsdale no no i mean like uh right oh. before quarantine yeah and Nicole and I, we went one time and we were just like, we can't wait to get sushi, like sashimi stuff after pregnancy. But I did think about that, like to be able to go into like a really good sushi restaurant and just have a oh, sake. Mm-hmm. And hug people. And hug people. I'll hug the hostess. I'm like, everyone's getting hot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, girls. Well, I love you. Um, oh, we love you, Maria. And I love the book, Incomparable. Um, it is such a great read. And like I said, not just to hear your story, which is amazing and so raw, but also to learn from. And so, um, please come back, maybe come back and just co-host with me so we can have a fun day. Let's yes, do it. Let's do it. We would love it. And, um, and I still think we should throw Nikki a baby shower. Please. I, I agree. I think yes. we could do a social distance baby shower. That's what I'm thinking. And I'm happy to host it. We have a huge yard and I love throwing parties. So you let me know. I feel like a lot of your friends are here in LA as well. Yeah. We could put something together. You could guys could road trip out. That would be so fun. Well, as of now, I'm having my baby in LA. So I'm back the end of June. That there you go. Fun. Wait, when are you due? August 6th. Oh, okay. I knew it was a little later. So end of I June, you're here. We could do it then. You yeah. let me know and I'll start putting it oh, together. That would be fun. That would be. So, all right, girls. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you, you too. too. Mwah. Mwah. Bye. Bye. I love them. They're so, so great. cool. So just human yeah. and authentic. You know, there's... There's some people who, when they interview, you get a feeling that you're getting the interview version of them. And with the Bellas, you're just talking to Nikki and yeah. Brie. Yeah, they're they're great. They're, I mean, there's so many things that I wanted to talk about. I highlighted so much so much stuff in this book, um, you know. But what are you going to do? Like, you bring just them back is we'll part two. I mean, we're going to bring them back, and we should we should have them come in and co-host them. And, and it's funny, Kevin and I have been talking about. You know, I know on the Tomorrow Show, you used to have like Thursdays for the men. There was like this whole thing. I Fridays don't know. for the men. Fridays for the men. And they would have this fun day. And he's like, you should do Thursdays for the women. Yeah. And make it a fun show day. So I'm going to start popping in some of my friends to shows. And um, and we'll have some co-hosts like them and, and, and just have a little bit of fun. Because I think we all need that. I got to ask, Maria, like based on their filming... Do you, can you imagine if we had to quarantine all the AfterBuzz staff for two weeks and then have us all live with you? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
no. Good morning, Maria. <laughs> We're still here. Guys, we have different standards of cleanliness, and I just don't think that would work. You're not that messy, Maria. You don't have to say, you don't have to self-deprecate. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, anyhow, hope you guys enjoyed that conversation um, with the Bellas, and I hope you guys are enjoying the show. If you are, please help us by giving us a, a five-star rating on Apple iTunes, um, Apple Podcasts. Uh, share the episode with friends and um, and help us out. In the meantime, if you haven't become a Patreon subscriber, I always forget to say this at the top. I'm going to make you remind me at the top of every show. Um, just click the link in the summary and join us. We're having uh, great conversations over there and they're ad free. And uh, that's it. Be nice people, make good choices and be present. Mwah. Hey, Hill Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.